All right. Hi there. And thanks for joining us for episode four of If That Makes Sense, a Family Life original podcast. And I have some friends here with me today. I'm Eliza. I'm Mike. I'm Tim. I'm Preston. All right. And Preston, you're new to this. So welcome. Thanks. (laughs) So guys, today we're talking about a pretty interesting topic of mental health. And I think it's really relevant and something that is really important. Mm. Um, But first, I just want to say, you know, we are not experts at this and we are not medical professionals. So um, we do realize that people out there may really be struggling with some things and we do encourage you to reach out. Um, We do have a biblical counseling department here at Family Life. You can check out our website, fln.org, and get some resources there as well. Mm-hmm. So that being said, let's uh, get started here. So first, I just want to ask you guys, what has your experience been, if any, with mental health? And this could be anxiety, depression, um, just feeling overwhelmed at times, mm-hmm. and just throw that out there. I think when I, because um, of course, every every good search into the important things in life starts with Google. So when I Googled just like definition of mental health, Mm -hmm. I got back a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Wow, that applies to like all of us and everything all the time. So I think sometimes if we hear the phrase mental health, we might think, um... Does that apply to me? And I mean, yeah, definitely there's clinical situations with things like depression and anxiety, and then there's more situational circumstantial. So if, if you're wondering, oh, yeah, does this apply to me? And I'm hearing your question, Eliza. Yeah, it, it applies to all of us. And I think um, this is about the most unoriginal response you can give. <laughs> but I'll say, like, just worry. I cannot think of a time in my life since I was a uh, uh, a wee wee one where worry was just it was it was it's just my word it's it's kind of like a maybe a family thing you could say but i i we could have a whole thing just on that but mm-hmm. that for me has just been i would say that character that one word could characterize my experience of as oxford dictionary calls it a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being worry that wraps wow. a lot of it up yeah <clears throat> yeah Thanks. and it's it's not always pleasant as you might imagine <laughs> yeah yeah i think we all tend to struggle with anxiety and worry mm-hmm. um i mean the new testament has a an insane amount of reference to do not worry mm-hmm. like the whole matthew six or seven i don't know Mm -hmm. um somewhere in there like that whole like do not worry like look at the the birds of the field the lilies of the like see that god cares for them don't worry and it's always like oh yay don't worry Mm -hmm. thanks that helps so much (laughs) but hey that must mean that it's like definitely a real thing right yeah we wouldn't be talking about fake things in the bible if it was like hey don't do this even though it's not a thing you know (laughs) so i think that's awesome One thing I think, too, is for me personally is realizing that, like, what does this look like for Christians, Mm. right? Um, And do Christians deal with anxiety or are we just supposed to be everything is great? All the time. (laughs) Yeah, those verses are just for before you're saved. After you're saved, it's it's solved. Mm -hmm. No way. Definitely. That's that's like class A facetiousness there. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I love about like a verse like you mentioned, Preston, and what you said about it, Eliza, which is like we – 
this is not a new thing, although it does rear its head in new ways with every different culture. But worry is something Jesus thought was important enough to speak from the, you know, his Sermon on the Mount about and, and things. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a problem for Christians. Why else would Paul be writing to um, well, the Philippians and say, hey, don't be anxious for anything? Because he probably knew that they, like us, had a t- tendency to be anxious about everything. Mm-hmm. One thing I think that is important to look at is social media. Um, mm-hmm. And I've just been seeing this trend lately with the new year. I see all these people taking breaks from their social media. Um, <laughs> I myself right now, not on Instagram, <laughs> um, but just using this time as a, I'm spending too much time scrolling. I'm filling my brain with all these things that I just find are exhausting. And after a day of doing that, I'm just like, I need to pull back a little and go into a shell. Has anybody experienced that at all? Oh, yeah. I think we all at least have some, have at least heard some of those studies and stuff of like how like Facebook and stuff like that, people who are heavily into Facebook tend to have more issues with depression and anxiety. Mm. I've myself haven't had any real social media except for Snapchat for mm-hmm. over a year because I found myself addicted to Instagram mm. and Facebook before that. And I've just on my own like, oh, this is – I'm addicted to this. I spend way too much time doing this and gotten rid of it. Oh, good call. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Did I ever notice anything with my mental health or anxiety with that? I can't say that I have, mm-hmm. but I also don't think that at that point in my life I was ever like really aware of mm-hmm. what is my mental state. Mm-hmm. Of that point. One thing I was thinking too, you know, in terms of social media is we have this Instagram perfect mentality. <laughs> um, Hold on. Before my ice cream melts, we need to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, right? You take 40 photos and all 39, the kids were screaming. <laughs> yeah. And here's this one good photo that we're going to post on social. It's like, we know that's not the truth. We were at that, you know, family gathering. That is not a good ratio. One out of 40. Like, <laughs> that's what our real life is like. What are we putting mm-hmm. on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I think is really important is realizing that right now, we all go through different seasons. Um, And this is something that I really experienced is I had never been one that was anxious. I wouldn't say I had anxiety. I was just growing up, being a kid, doing my thing. And then I got through my bachelor's and I did my master's and then I graduated. And that is supposed to be a very happy moment in your life. You know, Mm -hmm. I have my degree and then I thought, Oh my, nine to five, rest of my life. How many days will that be? You know, like that's a lot of just working and kind of realizing that one chapter in my life um, was over. Um, And I think it was really hard because I started to have a little bit of anxiety myself. And it was something I had never experienced before. I remember I was out to dinner with my parents, and I just, like, could not eat steak. And Mm. if you know me, you know that there's something wrong (laughs) if I can't eat steak. And I just sat there, and I was just – I was working myself up inside, and I was almost having this panic attack of, like, what what is going on in life, you know? Um, And so that was really, for me, just realizing that, like, 
not everybody in this moment is going to be experiencing anxiety. Preston, you said, I didn't experience it mm-hmm. at that moment. And I've had friends say, oh, I'm, I'm never going to be like that. And then I've had friends come back to me and say, I'm now in a moment of anxiety and panic and mm-hmm. worry. And it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you, you can't know what what season you're going to be in, mm-hmm. which one, really, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that should give us all the more empathy for people who are in a different place than us. Mm. Not not just because, like, I mean, of course we should just extend our, our compassion because they're other human beings, obviously, but also remembering, like, Oh wait, that that could be me. I could be there. Like right now I might think, how could you how could how could you be debilitated by this thing in your head when you're not being empathetic but then realizing, "Oh my goodness, each one of us is vulnerable to to this kind of thing happening in our lives." So, yeah, that even just gives you a, a good perspective for how to think of other people who are in a place different than yourself. Um, which <laughs> makes me think of Job's Job's friends. We we talked about them when we were having a pre-discussion before this, mm-hmm. how like they're not in the place he's in. Job in in the book of Job, he's just lost everything his whole life practically and his friends are there listening to him and then they start giving advice from a place of oh, well, we're not here. We're not where you're at. So, let me try to fix it from the outside and you see where that goes if you finish through the end of the book. Circle for like three or four chapters on you must have angered God for some reason. Like right. you need to confess now. And it's like that. I, I can't think of anything right now. And right. he even says like, okay, that seven days where you were quiet and you just sat here by my bedside were great. Would you guys just shut up and go back to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being, being somebody who listens Instead of somebody who's jumps in and tries to just fix, 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 fix. Like, okay, you have a problem. Let me just come and fix it. Oh, what if you need to just be there? That's an awesome point. And um, one question I want to ask you, Tim, is a lot of times, especially for Christians, we'll say, well, read your Bible more and pray. Ooh. What? Sunday school answers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just kind of that like, oh, you have anxiety? Go ahead, read your Bible and pray. And I'm not saying that that's the solution. I'm just saying I've heard that. Right, right. Well, that's one of those things where it like, it it cuts both ways. Because every, I, I feel like every Christian response to a serious problem is going to include the truth of scripture mm-hmm. and seeking God in prayer as as like the core of that solution. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, pasting that on as simplistic, kind of like platitudinal advice, just mm-hmm. oh, here it is. Here's your here's your prescription. There you go. It'll fix you if you just just read the Bible. Just pray. You must have a lack of faith. You must like like you Take said like to call me in the morning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like like you said, Job's friends were saying like, well, you know, you must have done something wrong. So do this, and God will be happy, and you'll be better. So like, no, that's the the answer always is going to include those for a Christ follower, and I think that's I think that's part of our 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 privilege of being sons and daughters of God, but to just say read the Bible and pray and it'll fix you can be a really alienating response and can push people, 
I think a lot mm. further sometimes into this depression or anxiety because then it might become this issue of oh my goodness maybe it's maybe this is all my fault maybe I've maybe I'm the one to blame for all of this. So, yes, and a quote I have that is really cool for this from Christianity Today, Alicia Cohn. Um, or Khan, don't know how to say that, forgive me, Alicia, writes, unfortunately, many of us who have spoken up in church communities, many of us, she's saying, like, who suffer from depression, mm-hmm. um, and I think she might be speaking in, like, a clinical context there, but many of us who have spoken up in church communities have been told to pray harder or have more faith. These suggestions might be well-intentioned, but they often discourage and isolate those of us in desperate need of support. Um, and... I just think, oh, yeah, that's true. That's got to be part of our response, but that can't be all we give to somebody who's suffering. One of the things I think about is our mind. And just um, it's kind of crazy up there sometimes. (laughs) I know mine is. Um, And so how does that play a role with all of this? And, yes, we can be in the Word more and um, you know, definitely have that, our faith guiding, all of those things. But when the mind joins into it, what happens there? Well, I think it's, first of all, fascinating just to stop and look at the mind. It's an extraordinary thing that God has given us. And um, because of the curse, obviously, mm-hmm. the mind being so powerful can, can be a huge detriment to us as well. And I love this quote that John Milton writes. He says, The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. And how often do we do that? How often do we turn things that are teeny tiny, small issue, and we blow it into something huge? And that's something you were asking earlier about things that we've dealt with in the past and I didn't really chime in then, but same thing for me. I, I've, I've had my fair share of anxiety and mm-hmm. felt depressed sometimes and all those things, but it's, it's turning something into something that it's not. And I also love this quote I found. It says, I am what God thinks, not what I think. Ooh, and yes. so, so going back to your mind and how, how powerful your mind can be, but also how um, hurtful your mind can be when you get inside yourself and you think, I'm not good enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not that enough. Your mind can, can really hurt you. Mm-hmm. But just remembering that I am what God thinks, not what I think. I have a, I have a friend who recently went to Kenya and he came back with this beautiful tapestry that he got for me, and it's sitting on my dresser at home, and there's some words on the tapestry in a language that I don't know how to read. <laughs> so I asked, him, I asked him what it says, and he said, the rough translation is, those aren't your lies to believe. Ooh. And that's something that I... I that. All these quotes, I love yeah. this. <laughs> Mike always has I the best nothing. quotes. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing original. I just find what other people say. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that quote, and I, I tell myself that often, sometimes daily, those aren't my lies to believe. And if I don't know something to be true, I, I have to throw it out. And going all the way back to your mind and how... We can overanalyze things and we can um, 
get the wrong interpretation of what people say or the way people mm-hmm. react, or we can be scrolling through Facebook and see something, and then mm-hmm. we start thinking lies about how this person's life is better than mine, or this person has this, a better car, a better paying job, or whatever the case may be. Just for me, remembering those aren't your lies to believe is something that's been really helpful for me to make sure that my mind stays in the right place and doesn't doesn't go down a, a path that isn't isn't a good place to be hanging out in. I love that. I love yeah. that. It made me um, think about something my brother mentioned to me when it made me think about something my brother mentioned to me when I made some comment about a frustration I had with myself, like, man, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe that I did that. And he essentially said, or maybe he didn't say this, but I interpreted it as this. Either way, it was helpful. Don't don't speak kindly to your – you should speak kindly to yourself. Don't speak down to yourself. Sometimes we think, I think even as Christians, we might get a twisted sense of humility that it's like somehow honorable to be hard on yourself but to be kind to others. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says to love others as we love ourselves. So – it really kind of from that point on impressed me with this idea of, wow, I should try to say nice things to myself like I would to other people. And then I've even said to friends of mine or to my wife when I hear things that she thinks to herself, like, would would you ever say that to your sister? Like, mm-hmm. no. Okay, well, then t- treat yourself like you would treat your sister if she was in this situation. And, you know, I think that to myself, like, oh, wait, hold on. Would I say what I'm telling myself? Would I, would I speak these lies that I'm trying to make myself believe to a friend who is struggling in this area? Oh, no, I wouldn't. Maybe I should treat myself more like a friend. Maybe I should treat myself more like the love that, that God has for me. Yeah, I like that. And that, that just makes me think of self-deprecating humor. That's mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. um, I have a tendency to do. I like to make <laughs> fun of myself sometimes, but um, also realizing where is the truth in that? Am, mm. I, am I truly just having fun, or am I finding truth in that too? Ooh, yeah. I think we know our own weakness, so it's easy to make fun of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking about is we've said all of these things, and and what does it look like in terms of some things that we can do? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I experienced was I went to church, and I love my church. Um, and one day, you know, you always go to church, and it's like, Go ahead and greet one another. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are <laughs> you? Time. And that might not be the truth. That <laughs> might be a lie that we're putting out there. And I remember one day I went to church and our pastor's wife, I said, oh, how are you? And she said, I've had a really rough week. And I just, that changed our relationship. Wow. I just thought she was transparent with me. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't saying, I'm, I'm doing awful and I'm going to load all these things on you. She was just saying, I'm struggling a little. Mm-hmm. And every time now that we talk, I just know, I know if she says she is doing well, she really is. And I know that if maybe she says she isn't, maybe that's where I can pray for her or just, you know, spend some time um, with her. And I'm also very real with her now of saying, hey, I'm doing well, or hey, this week's been a little tough for me, you know? And you have more real conversations, I think is really important. Well, last week, my church has been going through a series. We just started a series on my imperfect family. Mm. And 
when I first heard the sermon title, I was kind of like, well, I'm a single guy, so (laughs) (laughs) great. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I'm going to get nothing out of this. And it actually was like, I was so glad that I didn't like turn off right there. Like, okay, stop listening Mm -hmm. now because I did actually get a couple things out of that. And one quote that he said that kind of comes off of what you were just saying, where we are intimidated by each other's strengths, but we connect mm-hmm. through our weaknesses. Mm. I say ooh with every good quote, but ooh, that's yeah. really good. <laughs> and I, I don't think Pastor Dave knows how wise he is most of the time. <laughs> hey, yours is Pastor Dave, mine's Pastor Dave. Hey. Different charges, I think. Probably. <laughs> Haven't seen you. <laughs> There's a couple Pastor Daves out there, I'll bet. <laughs> I don't have a Pastor Dave. Yeah. I've never had a Pastor Dave. But that's super You're missing good. out, that's, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they are the bomb. Pastor Daves are where it's at. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm thinking about is, and I had to look at this when I was you know, going through just a really tough time, was what was the source of my anxiety? Um, and I think it's different for everybody, and this is not a universal you know, fix. But for me... Um, it was really important to see, okay, what are my times of anxiety? What are my times of stress and worry? And is there any patterns here? Is there is there a situation that I'm in that's causing this? Is there is it higher when I'm with this group of people or when I'm doing this thing? And honestly, it was really a self-check moment because at that point I realized some of my choices were not choices that would have been approving to God, you know? And and so I was putting myself in a situation, and each time my anxiety would rise. Mm. And it was kind of like, all right, I, I can't do this anymore. And now that's kind of one of the things that I found to be really helpful is I've been pulling out of those situations. And it's really decreased a lot of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not yeah. to say that it's going to be the solution, but it is one thing to think about. I'm an IT guy, and, well, <laughs> I mean, the— what does every IT guy do on the weekends and at home? Play video games. <laughs> it, it, it's a stereotype, but it, it, there's a lot of truth in that. <laughs> now I know. Um, I had no idea. What's your IT guy doing right now? What day of the week is it? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's games. <laughs> Game time. Minesweeper. Um, but does there are. Minesweeper? What? Does anyone do Minesweeper anymore? Uh, yeah, like only at the most the most bored and like the least least when, access to when the, the internet, internet is possible. completely out yeah, and there's no other options. <laughs> I'm sorry, derailed. Continue. <laughs> mm. So I've frequently found that there are certain games that, like, if I start playing them, I'll get roped into them so far in, and then like, there's always this little like nagging voice of like, just a little bit of worry or an anxiety of like well what about this and what about this and like um mm-hmm. especially like i love mmo rpgs wow is a good one i used to play runescape a lot and multi massive multiplayer. massively multiplayer online role-playing game there's Thank your you. asterisk <laughs> for you non-it <laughs> just for all the listeners too if you're a gamer you got that those you know you know those you don't now you sort of do um and a lot of them are these sprawling open worlds where you can do like all these things and it's always like this little nagging like but what if you did this instead like maybe this maybe huh. this quest would have turned out better huh. this battle would have turned out better and I have to 
frequently, like, I still enjoy playing them, but I have to limit myself and how much I play them because otherwise I'm just I'm pulled away and I'm s- kind of focused on the wrong thing. Hmm. Like, what if, oh, no, Belragog is going to do all these things. And it, like, it's not real. It's a computer simulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But knowing it, that, like, that it yeah, can do that to And you, it can. It sucks you in so fast. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, video games in, the, in of themselves aren't that bad. But I have to be very careful of what games I play and for how long mm-hmm. because I can just find myself getting stuck. Yeah. Preston, I think you make a really good point. Um, I think any of us, no matter what it is, whether it's video games or hanging out with friends or watching a certain show or whatever, I think we can all get into overdoing it. Um, And I always look at, are these choices above God or under God? And that's one thing for me that has been, you know, am I putting so much time into this that I haven't, you know, I'm I'm making this more of a priority than my faith. And that's where I think it becomes a problem, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even when we talk about worry and all these things, putting things under God and giving them to God looks a lot different than trying to deal with him on our own in our own mind that is this wild place and, and trying to figure that all out. Yeah. And, and one point onto that, that idea of your question, like, is it possible that there's something in, in my life that has opened this door or allowed this this negative headspace to be part of my life right now? Um, again, referencing a conversation with, with one of my brothers, somebody who's helped me through a lot of difficult, difficult things that I've been worried about. When I'm in a place of excessive anxiety, excessive worry about something, he's posed the question to me before, like, okay, it could be all these things, but like, let's check the basics here. Are you, are, are seriously, are you praying about mm-hmm. it? Um, and are you really in scripture? And are you, maybe the biggest one sometimes is, are you serving or helping or thinking about the needs of other people right now? And, and th- this is why I said that the answer of read the Bible and pray is kind of double-sided because at the same time, it is kind of the core. It's like we, we think of those things as just part of our identity as Christians, but they can be lacking in ways that we might not realize until there is this kind of, this kind of uh, hole in the ship somewhere where where's water getting in? Oh, maybe it's maybe one of our essential areas is kind of unplugged right now. And, and I think that that's a big one, the idea of being uh, service-minded, others-minded. The more we can get out of our own heads, out of our introspection, looking towards how can I serve somebody else right now who's suffering can be incredibly helpful for getting out of a funk. So one thing, just to kind of switch gears a little bit as we near um, the end here, let's look at in terms of we've, we've looked at, you know, things that cause anxiety or our anxieties and worries and things like that. How do we be support? How do we be that good friend? Um, it, you know, and, and one of one of our other friends was saying, you know, identifying that person we can share with or we can just um, listen to or, or any of those things. Yeah. And how do you think we can kind of, you know, just provide a little bit of encouragement in that area as well? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, how can we listen better? Mm-hmm. That's something that works in this case and most cases, at least in my life, I've discovered. 
Most people, when they share things with me, they're not looking for an answer. They're just looking for a listening ear. So my biggest thing that I have to make sure I'm doing is not thinking about ways I can fix the problem. I can just listen and be empathetic and try and understand what they're going through. So, yeah, listening mm -hmm. is, a, is a huge one. We do an awful lot of talking and sometimes not the greatest listening. Mm. Yeah. I think that a lot of times we, people aren't always looking for you to solve their problems. They're looking for you to listen. They're looking for you to provide support. Um, I know for me, even when times that I was kind of going through some stuff, a friend just sent me a voice memo and just prayed. She knew I couldn't talk on the phone. Huh. She knew that that wasn't, you know, I just didn't want to socialize at that point. But she just prayed with me. And that gave me so much peace. Um, and I think that's one of our greatest tools that we have is the word, um, you know, and feeding ourselves truth. And if we are constantly trying to be in the word and in prayer, and it doesn't mean that we won't go through the trials right. and the temptations and all of those things, but God did give us the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And that can't be taken lightly. You know, we have that peace inside of us. And so sometimes we might have to go through these seasons of anxiety, but finding peace in, yes, when we're in those things, being able to just pray pray through it mm -hmm. and and but also just being able to be there and and knowing that's where you're at and being that support for someone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah all right well thank you for listening to if that makes sense a family life original podcast and if you like what you heard today go ahead and subscribe and check us out you can go to fln.org slash podcast for more um, and also if there's something that you're thinking about that you want to hear us talk about maybe a topic that's on your mind or some feedback Feel free to email us at mail at fln.org, and we'd love to hear what you have for us. Thanks. Thanks.